So today we're talking to Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey. Matt is an entrepreneur and closure enthusiast. He is also maintainer of Boot and Hoplon. Uh, so when we talk about Boot, where should we start? Um, usually I like to give an overview of, of what Boot is. Um, there seems to be a lot mm -hmm. of confusion compared to other build tools that are out there. Um, so I think it's probably a really good idea if we give people an, an overview of what it does and, and how it's different. So the, the, the first way that the boot is, is different um, is that it's an imperative build tool. So compared to other things like Linean, uh, which are declarative build tools, boot doesn't actually prescribe how to do anything in your project. Um, tools like Linigan are great because they're pre-designed to compile closure projects. Um, you know, some other build tools include things like pre-processing CSS files or less files, SAS, that kind of stuff, and, and bundling it into your project. The way that Boot operates is that Boot takes an abstract view of your file system and then passes that on to a series of tasks in your build pipeline. And those tasks can do essentially whatever you'd like them to do. Uh, Boot has a very few built-in tasks to kind of alleviate project management um, issues. But for the majority of things, um, it's left up to the developer to decide what they want to do with their project, how they want to compile it, and uh, you know, basically go from the start of your project's build pipeline to the end of the build pipeline um, in whatever manner you want. And how does Boot achieve that? So the, the first thing that Boot does um, that's very different than other build tools is that it gives the developers an abstract view of their project, and that's called the file set. Um, okay. So with regular build tools, they look directly at your file system to see what files are in the local directory. Um, it uses some of those files for configuration, and then usually there are specific folders that you put things in that it'll compile things from. The way that Boot looks at it is Boot asks you to provide which files you want it to care about or which folders you want it to care about. So you let Boot know which folders you want it to be watching and managing uh, files for, and then it'll give you an abstract view of that. Um, this abstract view is what we call the file set. And then that file set allows you to modify these files without actually directly working on the project itself. So you never risk issues of overriding local files, um, deleting things accidentally, you know, anything else like that. It always works in a temporary um, cache directory outside of the local project. And then your tasks will actually commit those changes that they've made to the file set back to the underlying uh, system. And then that's kind of how you merge changes that Boot's done with the actual project. So this is like sort of virtual file system that Boot creates for us? Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a virtual file system that makes things a lot easier to, to work on your project without having to worry about um, are these files that are coming in from the project? Are these files that are going out as compiled source code? Um, are these resource or asset files like images and CSS, that kind of stuff? How would we set this up in Boot? What would be the, if you will, the configuration? So the basic configuration for boot usually starts with defining some type of dependencies for boot. Uh, boot itself, being an ad hoc closure environment, um, doesn't pull in anything more than what boot needs in order to run or operate. So usually you want to start off just by pulling in a couple of dependencies for your favorite closure projects. 
um, and kind of get a, a basic application up and going with those. And then from there, once you have your dependencies, you would tell Boot uh, where your opening uh, class files are, right? Where your project's entry point is, that sort of a thing. And then you probably go online and try to find a couple of Boot-related tasks that compile your project in the manner that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about tasks. What are tasks in Boot? Yeah, so uh, tasks are essentially a middleware that allow you to take a file set, take that virtual file system, and make some type of a modification to that file system, and then commit it back to the underlying project. So tasks, for example, can do something as simple as starting a web server. Um, you could pre-process less than SAS files. You can run Node with it. You could compile your closure code, package things in a jar file. Um, there's, there's literally an infinite number of things that you could do with tasks. Tasks really aren't um, a prescription for how to do something. They're just a method of uh, accomplishing a, you know, a piece of functionality within your build pipeline. Would it be worth to talk about, is there anything specific when it comes to setting up tasks? Um, no. So there, there are two kinds of tasks that people will often use. Okay. Um, the first kind okay. of task is a project task. So this is a task that only exists within your project that you're currently running. Um, and these are the most mm -hmm. common tasks. Usually what we do with these tasks is we will reference other more generalized tasks from other projects or dependencies um, and combine them to create a useful build pipeline. Um, for example, there is a node task that's available for boot that goes through the process of importing all of your NPM dependencies and copying those mm -hmm. to the virtual file set, as well as starting a node server at the end of the build process so that you can run your, your compiled uh, JavaScript code. So boot is the build manager, if you will, for Clojure and ClojureScript. Yes. Um, and like I said, it, boot really doesn't prescribe how to do anything inside of your project. So if you're working on something like ClojureScript, Boot's really awesome in that it gives you multiple different ways to compile your ClojureScript project. For those that are familiar with newer ClojureScript tools like Shadow um, CLJS, right. there's a Boot task available for Shadow that allows us to run the Shadow compiler within our Boot builds. So we get all of the benefits okay. of being able to use Boot with a dynamic and flexible build pipeline, while also getting mm -hmm. all of the build functionality of Shadow as a, a standalone tool as well. What else is there in the boot that we should talk about? What is the next step after we configure our tasks and we have our pipeline of how we want to build this stuff? Uh, what's the next step there? So the next step, once you have your, your, your local tasks, your project-specific tasks, um, as well as ones that you've pulled in from your dependencies, is usually to look at uh, pods. Now, pods are a little bit more of an advanced topic. Um, they relate primarily to people who want to develop custom tasks for boot, um, either in a generalized sense so that they can share them or in a way to keep your project dependencies very minimal by not introducing uh, development time dependencies into your project as well, right? We want to remove all of that extra stuff before we actually build our project. And pods are the mechanism that allow us to do that. So inside boot, uh, when boot starts up, there's something called the core pod. And this is the core closure runtime that boot initializes for your project. 
pods mm-hmm. can take that core pod and extend them and customize the dependencies within that pod. Those pods run inside of your task and allow you to execute code uh, and as well as merge in dependencies that are unrelated to the project itself. So this is how you'd be able to do things like pull in libraries for uh things that you want to do to your project during build time, but not clutter up the project size and the the end artifact with unneeded things uh, that aren't going to be useful at runtime. All right. Can you give me some examples here? Yeah. So uh, Stencil is a great one. Lots of boot tasks use uh, the Stencil project to read templates in, um, fill in some variables, and then spit out a closure file or some other type of source code file. Uh, and that's a, a great approach at being able to template out closure files and closure documents. Uh, problems with that happen when the project that you're using also uses Stencil for something. So then you get an, a dependency conflict where you have things that you're using during build time directly uh, impacting your dependency versions for runtime. So this is a great example where pods can come in to, to isolate those two, where you can create a custom pod for your task with the specific version of Stencil that you want to use for build, and as well as have a project dependency on Stencil that can have a completely separate version um, that's used at runtime. Mm-hmm. Can you say what Stencil is? Yeah, so uh, Stencil is just a, one of the closure libraries that allows you to template uh, files. It allows you to input some type of, uh, of a file as a template, apply a variable map to that template, and then spit out a brand new template with all those variables filled in. So it's a great way to take a, a piece of uh, or a file, um, like a closure source code file, and stub out some, uh, some text inside that file. Are there any tips and tricks for using boot? Maybe you notice some kind of patterns that people use uh, when they use boot that you would not recommend them, or maybe there's something that you recommend to do when you're using boot? Yeah, so one of the things that has come up quite a lot is the ability to run boot in multiple environments. Um, Boot right now isn't the greatest when it comes to running on Windows machines. So that that isn't a known area that we're trying to improve in boot. Um, Most of those Mm -hmm. issues are resolved if you're running Windows 10. So if you have the latest version of Windows 10, you shouldn't have any issues running boot, although there might be some edge cases Mm -hmm. depending on what your project does. Um, Mm -hmm. A great way to run boot, although, although a little bit slower, is to use the Windows Linux subsystem, um, the WSL. Now, that's a a newer technology in Windows 10 that allows you to run essentially a Linux uh, dock, uh, a Linux container on on top of your machine um, and give you access to to that Linux terminal. So that's another great way to run boot if you're having issues within your Windows projects is to to run it with the the Windows Linux subsystem. Um, Mm -hmm. But that also kind of dives into some of the changes that we want to make to boot in the future. One of the things that we're working on with boot is separating the um, the command line tool from the backend environment that boot launches and, and runs. So what we're trying to do is turn boot into more of a client server architecture where we can mm-hmm. start up boot in multiple different uh, environments and allow you to run your projects um, not just in a JVM environment and compile your Java or your, sorry, your closure or closure script project, but be able to run boot on Node or on uh, .NET 
wherever closure file mm-hmm. to. Uh, are there any other future plans when it comes to boot? Yeah, so um, performance optimizations are a huge uh, pain point for us right now. Um, with really large projects, Boot's very flexible and in a very dynamic system, which makes it great for you know building large complex applications. The problem is once you get into large complex applications, your build times can get very long and, and very large as well because of all the dynamic things that Boot's doing. So one of our primary focuses is on optimizing any of the performance areas that we can fix in Boot. Uh, making things like accessing the file system faster or reducing the number of times that we're accessing the file system to try to you know, improve the developer experience. When you say large projects, is there any, I don't know, number or anything like we can put some kind of meaning behind large? Yeah, so large um, doesn't so much refer to source code necessarily, but purely the number of mm-hmm. files. Um where we see the most performance issues are on closure script files or closure script projects that include their uh, node modules folder. The node module folder could have hundreds of thousands of files in it, depending on which dependencies your yeah. closure script project is pulling in. And having all of those little files um, being moved from the file system to the virtual file set that boot uses and back and forth whenever changes are, are save to the file set, um, that can have a lot of performance downsides uh, if you're not careful with your project. So we highly recommend trying to reduce the number of arbitrary files that you're using when you're working with boot. But that is an area that we're trying to improve in the future. So it becomes less of a developer concern. Any other tips or tricks? Um, Yeah. Always reach out to the people on, uh, on Clojure and Slack on the boot channel. There's dozens of developers in there that have been working with a wide variety of projects. And I find that there's a lot of closure specific nuances that you kind of learn when you start working on uh, build tools and, and, and build projects like Boot. Um, so they're a great resource mm-hmm. to reach out to. I'm usually available in there as well if you ever want to reach out to me directly. Is there any maybe place where uh, there are the tasks that are maybe created for Boot so somebody can just... I don't know, is there any kind of repository of tasks or everybody just does this in their own project? Yeah, so there are definitely uh, project-specific tasks that uh, you know we don't share very well. Um, there is also in the wiki a collection of tasks that are available that have been made either by third parties um, or just useful utilities that people used in their project that they thought they would like to share. Um, we are working on, mm-hmm. on kind of curating that list. So if you find more things in the wild or there are other boot tasks that are out there that you think would be useful um, or even just code snippets. Uh, a lot of that stuff we put up in the wiki. There's maybe one more thing that I thought maybe it would be worth to talk about at the beginning, but we didn't, which is how do you install boot actually? Yeah. So boot is one of the easiest tools to install. If you're on a Mac, you can use homebrew and just brew install mm-hmm. boot dash CLJ. Uh, if you're on Linux, there is a script file uh, a bash script file that you can download and run. Um, and then if you're on Windows, there are executables. But again, I would probably recommend using the, the Linux subsystem and, and going the Linux route on a Windows machine as well. Is there anything else we should talk about when it comes to boot? Um, that's a great question. I think there are probably a few more common issues that 
or people run into um, when they're using boot? Um, so one of the things that uh, that we see a lot are kind of issues with error statements or exception statements. Uh, when you're using a, a boot or when you're running boot, there's a lot of different places that things can go wrong. Um, things could go wrong inside a boot if you're working on a newer version that um, isn't quite as stable. Um, things could go wrong inside your boot script itself with a you know some code that you've typed just to configure your project. Um, or things could, could be directly related to your project itself where you have an issue in either the closure code that you're trying to compile or the closure script code that you're trying to compile and then run. So one of the things that comes up a lot on our teams is where is the, the error actually coming from? Uh, so that is something that, that takes a little bit of um, experience looking at different types of errors and seeing, oh, is this a Java error? In that case, it's probably coming from boot directly. Is this a compiler error? Is it a closure syntax error? Is it a closure script error? Is it a, micro, a macro expansion error? There's lots of different places when you're using a boot project that you can run into problems. So the first thing that uh, you kind of need to have to familiarize yourself with when you're working through problems um, or errors in, in your boot console is, is figuring out exactly where it's coming from. And the easiest way to determine that is to determine what type of an error it is. If it's a Java stack trace, mm -hmm. chances are that's something directly related to your boot project, not actually your, your project source code itself. Past that, compiler errors are usually directly related to your project. Um, it's usually typos or dependency conflicts, that sort of a thing. And then finally, closure script errors are, are probably the hardest to uh, dive into, mostly because of all the different layers that uh, that kind of happen under the hood when you're running a, a closure script related project. Um, and the thing that I'd be the, the most cautious of uh, with working with closure script is dependency conflicts. Um, that's something that, that comes up quite a bit. And really just getting in the habit of uh, only running one boot build at a time when you're working with closure script. Sometimes it's very uh, common or familiar for developers to be running multiple different instances of boot, working on different projects that are related, um, and then recompiling one another. And when we do that, we find that there's usually a lot of caching issues that happen um, when you're compiling a project using that as a dependency for another project, especially with all of the, the virtual file systems and stuff that happen. So trying to uh, avoid running too many instances of boot uh, when you're working on, on projects that are interrelated uh, is definitely something that, that I would try to avoid. Um, closure script in particular, again, it's, it's one of those areas that you, the, the more you know, uh, the easier it becomes. So if you're running into issues or, mm -hmm. or questions, just reach out to the Slack channel. Someone's usually available to help. Right. And the dependencies that the boot support, I believe, is just you know, usual suspects, like you have Maven, you support also NPM, yes. is that right? What's the, so when I use boot and I want to use any NPM dependencies, um, do I need to go via CLJSJS or how do I declare NPM dependencies in boot? So uh, it, again, boot doesn't really prescribe how to handle those things in particular. Um, for NPM, that's okay. going to depend primarily on how you're deciding to compile your closure script project. So if you're using um, Shadow, for example, then you de right. uh, declare all mm -hmm. of your NPM dependencies the same way that Shadow would expect you to. So you have a Shadow-CLJS um, EDN file in your project. 
boot mm-hmm. the boot task for shadow will automatically read that file and configure things the exact same mm-hmm. way that the standalone uh, shadow tool would. Uh, there's other uh, closure script build tools that are available that would allow you to declare your, your dependencies just directly in your boot file as well. Um, but I find those are those start jumbling all of your dependencies together when you do that. Um, I would highly recommend letting the, the, the tools work on the files that they're designed for. So giving shadow its, its shadow configuration file and things like that, right? Giving npm a package.json file in your project, that kind of stuff. Is there anything else specific to boot that we should talk um, about? Boot does have a bunch of built-in tools to help developers solve some of these problems that we've talked about. Um, dependency mm-hmm. conflicts is one of the things that comes up a lot. Um, and Boot has a built-in tool for that called Boot Show. And Show is really just a, uh, a, a task that allows you to print project information directly to the console when you're running Boot. Mm-hmm. So you can use it okay. to determine which dependency is actually being pulled into a project based on other dependencies, um, declarations of, of that. So if you are directly de- uh, calling on a dependency at version one and you're calling on another dependency uh, that calls on the first dependency at version two, the boot show task will allow you to identify uh, which of those versions is actually being pulled in. So that can help when you're running into issues where you're getting a uh, no method found uh, exception, even though you know that you just wrote that, that function into that namespace. Some of that could just be that the wrong version is being pulled into the project. And there are some, some built-in tools to alleviate those issues if you're running into What are some other boot uh, commands? that are important? Um, so the, the built-in set of boot tasks is, is very limited. It's really just um, about the, the project information itself, which dependencies are getting pulled in, mm-hmm. um, you know, which files or resources are getting pulled into the virtual file system, things like that. So again, most of, the, of what you're going to do in boot is going to be writing custom build code. And that's, and that's one of those things that, that really kind of ties into our first point about differences between boot and lining in um, boot being imperative as opposed to declarative because boot doesn't prescribe to you how to do any of these things. You're writing code to tell boot how to build your project. So this is a little bit more advanced than someone who just wants to compile closure, right? If you just want to compile closure, um, landing in is a great option. You tell landing in how you want it to uh, compile, which options you want to use, and it'll just go through and, and do that for you. It becomes less flexible when you want to change how landing in does something, right? That's where boot becomes a much more powerful tool because it doesn't have any of those uh, prescriptions for how to do that. And you're really left to, you know, mm-hmm. the, the developers, uh, kind of imagination as to what you want to do. Yeah, I think that actually clarifies a lot to me when it comes to boot. Would there be anything you believe important um, to talk about? Not specifically. I think the 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 really the important thing about boot is kind of you know it's it's, it's just like when you first start getting into closure and getting into Lisp in general. Um, 
you know, when, when you start learning mm-hmm. Lisp, it, it really changes how developers think about their problems and, and how they think about solving some of these challenges. Mm-hmm. Boot is exactly the same kind of tool. It challenges developers to think differently about how to build your project without trying to tell you anything about how to go about doing that, right? It's, uh, it, it, it's really that tool that gives you that extra bit of freedom to do whatever you want with your build. Um, now, that isn't always going to be beneficial to a lot of developers. Some people just want things, you know, s- simple, easy. I don't want to have to think about it. In which case, there's lots of great tools that are out there. Lining in the new uh, Closure CLJ tool mm-hmm. is great for that sort of a thing. Um, Boot is really for those developers who want full control of their build pipeline or want to start doing things like complicated build processes, pulling things from the internet during their build, uploading things to the internet during their build, that kind of stuff. Um, Things that aren't necessarily just compiling from one type of of source code file to another type of source code file. Yeah, I think um, this is a great summary and maybe this is a, a good moment to finish. So thanks again for being here and talking about Boot. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or any other platform you're listening to. You can share it on social media with your friends. You can blog about it, discuss it on your own podcast, and you can support it directly by buying my video courses and learning ClojureScript and Clojure at my website, jacekshe.com. That's J-A-C-E-K-S-C-H-A-E.com. Thank you for your support of this show.